It's time once again for another episode of All That's Jazz, the podcast that explores everything in the world of jazz. And here now is your host, Alan Scott. Leo Sidron is a Grammy Award-winning multi-instrumentalist. He is a mind-boggling individual who does it all within the world of music. He is also the host of a widely acclaimed podcast called The Third Story. Leo is a composer of music for film as well as television commercials, amassing a catalog of over 100 major TV ads for clients known worldwide. They say the apple does not fall far from the tree, and as such, he is the offspring of another multifaceted music man, Ben Sidron, with whom he started a small record label called Nardis Music, and he has produced all of Ben Sidron's records for the last decade. My guest today is this Renaissance man named Leo Sidron. Because there's not enough time in the day to talk all things Leo, we have chosen to focus on his just-released eighth solo album titled, What's Trending? What's Trending? You can ask me what's trending. What's Trending? You can ask me what's trending. This album of cleverly crafted songs explores the ideas of identity, history, social discourse, and the richness of everyday life. Here now is our conversation. Part of how I wanted to start this was just acknowledge the fact that you are a multi-instrumentalist, you're a drummer, percussionist, bass player, guitarist, keyboards, piano, vibraphone, lead and background or backup singer, a producer, an arranger, a composer, a recording artist, a podcast host, a man of the world. This is kind of a monumental milestone day for me because I feel like I'm talking to 14 people all rolled into one. That's very flattering of you to say. I mean, you know, when you list all the credits and instruments and whatever, it, it sort of makes me feel like I, I almost want to get to the point where I reduce what I say about myself almost down to something really essential like creative person or maker of things or something like that because that that's ultimately how I feel about it, you know. I mean, I think each one of those things, each one of those instruments, each one of those skills is just a kind of a tool to get things made mm -hmm. and to be creative and towards a kind of form of expression and and um so while i i don't disagree with or take any issue with what you said i mean i feel like they're they're all just little they're just ways they're ways to get to the same impulse to the same thing which is that i i seem m more and more over time very driven to to make stuff to make my every day to be making something new well by being multi-dimensional to me what it says is that you have a greater perspective on life and you bring so much more to the table than the average person maybe that's true i mean i i do i i realize that each one of those struggles the struggle of how to deal with wrestle the instrument deal with it or try to master it in some way or even just get a sound on an instrument or 
as an interviewer or as a songwriter or a producer, each one gives you a little window into what other people go through. So when you interact with them, you know, you, you have a sense of what they, their experience might have been like also. And, and to that extent, I think it is maybe true what you say. But, you know, the funny thing is, I'm just as, I mean, I can recognize craziness in other people, but I'm just as crazy as anybody I've ever worked with. And I'm just as compulsive in certain ways and insecure in, in my ways. And, you know, all the things that I see in others, I, I, it's not like, even if you gain insight, it doesn't mean that you necessarily get any b- better at it. With respect to the fact that not only are you all those things that I uh, aforementioned, but you're also a man of the world, you're well-traveled, you're well-educated, very articulate, and uh, I, I think that also adds to the mix uh, and makes the soup or the stew taste better because all the ingredients are put in there. But then uh, later on, you sooner or later have to start to pick and choose what uh, and how much of and how little of that you put into the mix or the recipe. Yeah, I think that's actually my, my job is to is to be messing with that recipe to be to be uh playing with it i you know i often feel that um the major changes in my life are just how much of each of these ingredients is going into the recipe at any given time and you know some of the factors are um are outside of my control and some are very much inside of my control but um i you know i still i used to say like when my dad and I would talk about what I wanted for myself, I would say, I just want to, I just want to show up. I just kind of want to get paid or ask to show up as myself and then do whatever is called for in that moment. You know, I, I kind of want it all to feel like the same thing. That's kind of why I said to you earlier today, I think everything I do is just kind of a tool towards the same uh, ends. And, and I think, um, you know, I can, it's it a little bit of the curse of people that can do a lot of different things to figure out, well, what is the thing that I should be doing? I mean, um, for the longest time, I just tried to solve that problem by saying yes to everything that came to me. So that if mm-hmm. opportunity, if the phone rang and somebody said, can you do this? I would just say, yes, I can. And then I did it. And over time, you know, I realized, oh, I, maybe I should take a little bit of uh, ownership over what I'm doing. Otherwise, it's just going to be whatever other people are asking me to do. So I am trying to be more intentional about it. And fortunately, uh, uh, you know, so many of the things I do are so time uh, and labor intensive that I just can't fit everything in. You know, my podcast takes a lot of time. My solo career takes a lot of time. Working with my father takes time. But then I also do an enormous amount of production work and work that ultimately is kind of my professional you know, money-making work. I write music for TV and for film. I do kind of industrial work. I, I, uh, I get hired to work on uh, all kinds of projects. And, and that's the piece of it, actually, that is, is more or less negotiable. How much work am I doing for others versus work that I'm generating myself? I don't know if I would be able to work 100% on projects that I generated myself. I think I, I thrive a little bit on being asked to rise to some occasion to be able to, to do a thing and, mm-hmm. and be, a, be able to pull it off. But that recipe, I mean, it's a great way of describing it. That recipe is kind of like what I'm dealing with all the time. Well, you know, this is almost like a, a Buddhist approach to life and philosophy, like Herbie Hancock in reading his book, Possibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he never said no. He always said, yes, I can do that. And then later on, I'll work this challenge out, but I'm going to do it. Uh, and, and I think that's, to me, an exceptional part of the core of many people like yourself who are multidimensional and multi-talented in so many veins. I think saying yes in the context of what Herbie's talking about is a brilliant approach. I mean, uh, that is, if you want to do it and mm. you think you can do it or you would like to be able to do it, say yes and figure out how to do it. The The other version of that is it's a Friday afternoon and six people call and pull my ear in one direction or another and I want to show up for these people because you know so much of my life has been built on relationships and and goodwill with people and but it, there comes a moment when you also kind of have to assert your intention about what your time is devoted to today and be able to say to people which is difficult for me I can't do that right now you know, th that's a different form of saying yes or not saying yes than what Herbie's talking about. Having said all the things that we have already conversed about at this point, uh, let's talk a little bit about the here and now and, and what's going on today. And in fact, let me ask you, uh, Leo, what's trending? Yeah, I mean, good question. Good question. I have set myself up for that question because I have a new record called What's Trending and there's a song about it and I've been asked a lot about it. It didn't occur to me when I made a record called What's Trending that I would have to answer to that kind of line of questioning so much because I think I made a record called What's Trending that's a little bit cheeky, a little tongue-in-cheek. I mean, I don't know what's trending. I'm sort of saying, I'm, I, don't ask me what's trending, even though I wrote a song proclaims to know everything that's trending mm -hmm. if that makes any sense at all no it does but at the same time if you listen to the lyrics of that song it, it's saying uh, i may not know exactly what's trending but i'm willing to find out yeah i mean when i wrote that song actually you know there's a few things to say about the song and the record but the song was um a response to this great old Dave Frischberg, Bob DeRoe song called I'm Hip. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that the song I'm Hip is a very jazz, it, it, it has a lot of jazz references in it, and it's basically a song that Dave Frischberg, I think Dave Frischberg wrote most of the song, and Bob DeRoe wrote the bridge, um, is kind of a jazz musician making fun of a non-jazz musician who wants to hang out with the jazz musicians all the time so he's, sh he's kind of showing he's saying to you know trying to prove how hip he is by saying you know all the stuff that he's up on all the trends that he's up on and what he how he dresses and how he wears his beard and how he does this and how he does that because he wants the musicians to take him seriously well i'm hip i'm no square i'm alert i'm awake i'm aware i am always on the scene i'm making the rounds digging the sounds I read People magazine, I'm so hip. Well, I'm dig, I'm in step. When it was hip to be hip, I was hip. I don't blow, but I'm a fan. A look at me swing, ring-a-ding-ding, yeah. I even call my girlfriend man, I'm so hip. Now every Saturday night, with my suit button tight and my suede on, I'm a getting my kicks. 
digging those arty French flicks with my But the song itself is it to me is also very hip and has a lot of insider jokes in it. So I thought, well, what if I wrote a song like that about what's going on today in the sort of trending social media cycle of culture? And there were verses that I started to write that were very specifically mentioning the trends of the moment when I wrote the song. And I immediately thought, I shouldn't include anything that's going to date this song. I know what you need to think. I know how you need to walk. I know what you need to drink. I know how you need to talk. And even if you try to say that I'm pretending, I do it anyway because it's trending. It's trending. It's trending. The idea is that trends are constantly recycling and coming and, and, and changing and evolving and going away. So you don't want to say anything that's going to like uh, lock the song in any historical moment. So even though I might say, yeah, I know what's up, I'm, I'm willing to find out. The idea is w- whatever I find out, it's going to be different today than it was yesterday and tomorrow it'll be different again. Mm-hmm. But the title track, What's Trending, uh, was, correct me if I'm wrong, inspired by your daughter, Soul? Yeah, so it was a combination of the song uh, I'm Hip and then my daughter Soul, who's 11 years old. She's 10 when I wrote the song, and she's she's a product of the 21st century. She's just constantly following what's going on. And no, that's not hip anymore. Now, this what, look at this. This is look at this trend. Look at this dance trend. Look at this song. Look at this thing that you know meme. She believes in the currency of of trending culture deeply. That's like the most valuable thing to her. And so I wrote a song kind of about her in that way too. So was she the overall inspiration for the album itself or or just that particular track that sort of kicked it off? I mean, I think Soul is one of my dominant muses in general right now. And I think some of that is just the excitement of being around your child and, you know, and, um, you know, I said recently, I feel like I've been completely, you know, mooching off of her energy now for years. She's she's excited about things and things that I had long since sort of lost excitement for. So to, to get to see things through her eyes, it's a gift. And um, so I'm borrowing all kinds of things from her. And um, and I think, you know, some of it is parent to child, just the excitement of watching your child kind of wake up to the world. And and some of it is also just we take from what's around us. I mean, we are inspired. You have to kind of let yourself be influenced by what is available to you. And, you know, she's very available to me as, is my wife, as is my, are my parents. And so, so much of my inspiration, if not my daughter is my wife or my parents or my friends, you know, just the, the, the immediacy around me. And I work at home, you know, I see her a lot. I interact with her a lot. And so she's, you know, mm-hmm. she on this record has really, yeah, definitely inspired quite a quite a bit of the material so has her inspiration uh, led to a tendency of where leo sidron is now becoming less of a traditionalist and more of a trender mm. yeah maybe i mean i don't i don't think so 
I, I don't think so. And what's funny is even when I think I am becoming trendy, I mean, she'll tell me, oh, that's not it. That's not, you're not, you're not. You know, I said to her, what, should we try to take one of my songs and, and, and put, uh, speed it up and put it on TikTok? You know, there's this, there's this trend on TikTok where they take music and they make it really fast and high pitched and then they do dances to it. And I said, should we try that with one of my songs? And she said, oh, no, no, your song's not nearly cool. You know, your music is not nearly cool enough to be on TikTok. <laughs> so, I mean, even she would be the one to say, well, don't chase the trends. You're, you're, it's, it's, that ship has long since sailed for you, old man. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it, it, there's a song in there, old man, somewhere that I think it's related to your dad as well. Who's oh, the old man the old, now, right? I've been looking back at all my adventures and I'm getting to wondering if there's a point somehow I'm looking for answers Coming up with nothing but questions We'll take a look At who's the old guy now Who's the old guy now I wrote, we, I wrote with him, I told him, I suggested that he write that song who's the old guy now. So in terms of the trending or what's trending specifically as the name of the album, what about all the other tracks? Did it fall into place after you uh, came up with what's trending or were all the others there just sort of an evocative means of you presenting how you feel about life right now and you called on older, more traditional things and made them new or trendy? Yeah, I, you know, first of all, I, I, I mean, I just want to say that I, I don't see this as a particularly trendy statement of music. I mean, it, it, is, it is a little bit of a, it, it's not intended to say this is trendy music or that I'm making music that is following the trends. I, there, there are some aspects of the sound of it that I think I, are a quiet, of, I think a very quiet assertion of certain things that I'm hearing in popular music or contemporary music that I wanted to include. And I, and I can talk about that in a second, but to answer the question, um, it's a bit of both. I mean, there were a handful of songs that I, you know, I had in place before what's trending or even the idea of what's trending as a song or the, the name of the record. There were a couple songs that were released last year. There's a song called it's all right. Mm -hmm. That was written in the first days of COVID and, um, and could have even been included on my last record that came out in 2021, but I decided not to put it on that. And so it became sort of the first thing that I had recorded for this instead. And then there's a song called There Was a Fire that is influenced and inspired by some of my dad's work also. It's about, um, well, it was inspired by uh, an experience that I had growing up in Madison, Wisconsin, in this Jewish community. Um, and uh, that song was recorded before What's Trending was re recorded. was a place 
was a fire that burned for a while and there was a vow that was made and as the years passed the fire was extinguished the prayer was forgotten there were some things that were already in place as the kind of project started to come into shape and but when i had the song what's trending you know which wasn't the first thing but maybe let's say it was in the first third of the the songs that i had put together it did give me a kind of a guide for you know where we were going mm-hmm. but i i often think that when you make work like this and and the way i tend to make records is you know it's not unique to me i'm sure a lot of people work this way but the tent the way i tend to do it because i I play so many instruments and I do so many things is it's not like I go into the studio for four days with a band. Like many records are made. If you have a group of musicians who are playing together, you can record it very quickly. You have the songs in place, you know, recorded ahead of, or uh, written ahead of time. And then you go in and you record them. I mean, I, I kind of like go one at a time. I write a song and then I record it very quickly. And then I have to write another song and record that one very quickly. So it's like, I don't really know, what it's going to be for a little while and then as it's coming into focus i can kind of figure out well how am i how am i going to try to uh contain this what are the you know values of this or what what is the general message that's coming together throughout all these songs and do i have another song that would fit do i need another song to complete this you know mm-hmm. uh, or you know, in the case of some of these songs, I, I wrote a, a number of them towards the end of the project when I just thought, okay, now I know what this thing sounds like. So now I, I, I can sort of like uh, create a lot of work that will fit in this record. Were you certainly involved and engaged with a number of people? There are like 21 different people that you collaborated with in one form or another to produce all 13 tracks on this recording. Yeah, yeah. It's true, but very, very organic, all of them, you know, um, and so many of them were, were like, once the song was there, I thought, okay, well, who can I, you know, imagine on this? Like, you know, in the case of It's All Right, that song I mentioned, It's All Right was a song that I wrote early on in the pandemic, and I sat down at the piano a week or two into COVID in March of 2020, and I recorded a little quick version of myself singing the song. We've got nowhere to go We've got no way to get there If we tried If we tried Look down the road And you can bet that there's a light, there's a light, there's a light. And all our children, they will hold the memory of this long and lonely night. Yes, all our children, they will know the difference to make it right, make it right. And then I listened back to that recording uh, immediately after I wrote it, and I thought, I don't like this. I think this is not good. <laughs> I think this is uh, cheesy or cliche in some way. And so I didn't, I didn't do anything with it for a year. 
And I found that recording on my phone a year later and I listened to it and, and my feeling about it was very different the second time around. It was, oh, this is special. This is, this is meaningful. And I recorded it quickly uh, at home in my studio. And as, once I had it done or close to done, I listened to it and I thought, you know what? I bet, I bet Janice Siegel from the Manhattan Transfer would, would sound so beautiful on this. I heard these kind of rich vocal harmonies on it and I thought it would be so great to have Janice sing on this. We've got nowhere to go. We've got no way to get there. If we try, if we try. That's when I reached out to Janice to do it. So it wasn't like I wrote the song and, and thought, I'm going to write a song for Janice to sing. It, it was more that the, once I heard it, I, I knew what I, I felt like it needed. Well, it's like putting the icing on the cake uh, just to add to it because you had the, the basics or the framework for a number of the tracks that are on this recording. But then you added that cherry on top, uh, that incorporating Janice Siegel or reaching out to Michael Thurber to give you inspiration for some lyrics, like when the mask comes off. I, I think it was he that uh, added a little different lyric or element to it. Yeah, I mean, you know, Michael Thurber is my, my buddy who um, we've been making songs together kind of quietly for a long time. And, and when I started writing that song, When the Mask Comes Off, um, I sent him... A, a demo of it and the way I had been thinking about it was in this in my sort of typically um, clever you know what are we going to do when the mask comes off when I take my mask off I'm going to show you how I feel when I take the mask off we're going to stay out all night long you know those are the kinds of things I was saying mm -hmm. and Michael returned uh, with a verse that was rather than talking about what I'm going to do he said I it's what I want to see from you. So his verse says, when the mask comes off, I want to see who you've become. Let's let the light in and share with everyone. I just loved his take on this idea of what what once we remove our masks, what what will happen, and um, that was truly collaborative. Working with Michael Thurber was very collaborative. Well, and and it made sense because the first time I heard that track, I was thinking, "Wow, what a great perspective!" You know, because we all want to know what happened to so and so, or who have you become, or what have you become. 
Yes, abs- absolutely. And it was a deeper and kind of a deeper approach. I mean, I was just saying, we're going to party, <laughs> you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to kiss again, you know, and, and he was saying, no, let me see your scars. He said, I want to see each scar you've concealed, he said. And I just thought it was wonderful. And, and it's cool because, you know, I sing that song live and he's not often with me when I do it. So I sing his lyric, which is not a common uh, occurrence for me to sing somebody else's lyrics in my own song. And, and I've come to kind of own them myself when I sing them. Speaking of singing, uh, you have another vocalist uh, in uh, in the mix, and that's Lauren Henderson. Yeah. Tell us about that track. Nobody Kisses Anymore. Mm-hmm. Lauren is a friend, and actually she's it's relates to Michael Thurber also because Lauren and Michael and I worked on a record years ago together. Lauren's record. I wrote a song for her to sing called from the inside out. And we sang that as a duet some years ago. Love is not a cure, but it communicates. You're never really sure, but it's never too late. Maybe losing me is what this is about. Let yourself be free from the inside out. From the inside out. So, because I had been a invited guest on Lauren's record before I thought it would be nice to have her as an invited guest on this record. That was one of the few things I sort of knew putting this record together is I would like to find a spot for Lauren. And, you know, she's such a romantic sounding singer. I, I, I often describe her as sultry and I, I'm a careful with that word, but I think actually mm-hmm. she, it does uh, apply to her. There's something very sensual about her and and so this is a very romantic song, Nobody Kisses Anymore, which is to me kind of evocative of like late 70s, early 80s ballads, that, those, that kind of period of time when you would have duets. A lot of popular songs were performed as duets. And so I like the idea of having Lauren sing that one with me. Nobody kisses anymore. Nobody's locked in an embrace. Nobody's lying on the floor Nobody's lingering face to face It's just not like it was before Nobody kisses anymore Nobody's talking on the phone No one remembers all the numbers Nobody likes to be alone This is something that is known Nobody's talking on the And she, yeah, she, I sent her a demo of it and she was, uh, you know, immediately responsive and, and excited to do it. And so that was a good one for us to do together. And another vocalist, of course, is your daughter. And you include her not only on the uh, What's Trending track, but she's on two or three others as well. Yeah, she is. I mean, you know, she. I have to be, I, I, ha, I hadn't realized, maybe because I've been living with her as a singer for, you know, for a while, just how 
much impact her vocals were going to have. And, you know, so much of the feedback that I've gotten on the record so far has been about her, not surprisingly, because she really is an extraordinary singer. There's something to me so unusual and special and unique sounding about her. And, um, and, you know, you and I had even talked about whether or not it would be possible to have her be part of an interview. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and the truth is she's a kid. She's just still a kid. She's a shy kid. She doesn't understand really what any of this means to make a record and have it go out in the world and have people hear it and respond to it. And, you know, she, but she has this real gift. And so in addition to being a sort of muse for me as a songwriter, she's also, I want to get her on tape as much as I can on the microphone and just capture this thing that she's got going. So yeah, she sang on um, What's Trending, the title song. Some people worry about what happened in the past. Things that ever last or that stand the test of time. If you're in a hurry or you want to make new friends, following the trends is the way to I know every move to make. What's I know every song to sing. She also sang on There Was a Fire Along with My Father. This is this song about kind of Jewish memory and continuity. Mm-hmm. So having the two generations, the three generations, my father, me, and her on the track was meaningful. And then she, she sang on It's All Right. She sings on the one with Janice Siegel. And she sings on Hanging by a Thread, which is, you know, in a, in a way, the the deepest place for me to put her because it's a song about mortality and to to have a song about the fragility of the human experience and then ask that my 11 year old daughter sing it with me hanging by a thread that remains unseen that sows the seam between the heart hear that that's the one that get kind of gets me when i hear it as you said it, it's uh, i think inspired by a friend who was um, having a near-death experience and uh, it, it teaches us the fragility of life uh, and you know take advantage of what you got like you said it's the mortality issue it's the mortality issue which applies to all of us it's interesting though because you know i I have yet to see her deal with mortality. I don't know when it becomes a reality to uh, to a person, you know. But she saw this friend of ours also go through something, and um, and you know, and she knew why I was writing that song, and mm-hmm. she knew what it was about. So yeah, it. I mean, it's the fundamental question of life. I mean, it just is. It's a deep thing to say. We're here talking about music and records and, and podcasting and all that stuff. But at the core of it, it, you know, the fundamental issue of existence is is mortality. So is there an overall message uh, or a goal that you had in mind for this release that you wanted this music to say, people, 
here's the message. Here's what's going on in our lives right now. And you can make it a good thing or you can make it a bad thing and let you let it just eat you up. I mean, I would like to say, yes, that sounds good. What you just said. I'll go with that. You know, I mean, I, I, I did. I didn't have that. I think the thing that I think I'm learning both through all these conversations that I've had with other people for my podcast and also just through making more work and, and allowing the work to, you know, unfold and 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 pass through me or whatever is i don't think you, you i i don't think i'm able to make work that way to write in that way where i have a message that i'm trying to send and then i send it you know i think i just try to write i just try to write what's happening in in my life or what i feel or whatever idea comes to me and then make sense of it later or let you make sense of it later you know and, and ultimately even by sharing as much as I, sh- I have shared about what inspired these songs, I run the risk of, we always run the risk of changing somebody else's relationship with the work. I mean, I mean the liner notes, I, I, I talked about what, a handful of the songs about uh, hanging by a thread and, and what's trending and, and there was a fire and it's all right. And, you know, but, the, but the fact is, if you hadn't interacted with that with the work in that way if you had just listened to it maybe you would have had a completely different experience with it and i don't want to mess with that i don't want to interfere with what experience you're going to have with it so no i wouldn't say that there is anything i need anybody to take away from this other than if they if it provokes any emotional response at all i'll consider it a success you know all of this is just the filter my filter that it's getting passed through and 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 everybody's got a filter that they're that they're that they're you know, using to experience their lives. The, I'm, I feel very fortunate that I got to do a thing where, you know, it seems to imply some great message about the, you know, the world today, but it's just a handful of thoughts that I had over the last couple of years. Well, uh, it it's a great album, and I really hope a lot of people will get an opportunity to experience it and have it uh, create emotions, uh, have it create memories uh, and and say, ah, yeah, you know, life is like this, but you know what? I'm glad that I'm living it and I'm in the mm. middle of life, be it good or bad. I'm here and that's all that matters right now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, I suppose when you ask the question, to answer your first question much more concisely when you said what's trending, I mean, I suppose the answer is we are. Mm-hmm. You know, we are trending. We are alive right now. We are what's here and we matter, you know, and, and uh, yes, of course it's complicated. And is it more complicated now than ever before? I don't know. Life has always been complicated, but we're the ones who are living it right now. So, you know, we are what's trending. I mean, I'm certainly benefiting from all these conversations that I'm having. Well, and we have all benefited, I think, today in this conversation with you, Leo Sidron, and I would like to thank you for being our guest on All That's Jazz. Thank you, Alan, and and congratulations to you. I am so impressed. I, you know, and when we first corresponded, I said it to you. I am so impressed with the work that you have done. Well, uh, I think we've done it right today. And in closing, what I would like to do is uh, give you that opportunity and tell us how our listeners can learn more about you. Oh, that's very kind of you to ask. Well, leosidron.com is the place uh, to find anything you need to know. I mean, if you're only going to go one place, my website is the place. But the podcast is called The Third Story with Leo Sidron, and, and that's um, 
that's another thing to look up. Um, but that's all at my website. All my stuff is there. I, you know, it's funny. A friend was at my website the other day and said he was joking with me that it was like for podcast press one for you know for for <laughs> Ben Sidron press two for commercial music press three for Leo's solo compositions press four. It's a little you'll see that you could get hung up there if you if you've got a little free time. Well, Alan, thanks so much. It's really it's really been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of All That's Jazz with multi-instrumentalist and Grammy Award winner, Leo Sidrin. We'd like to thank Ben Sidrin for the use of Mr. P's Shuffle as our theme song. And visit us again next time for another interesting conversation on All That's Jazz. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating on the streaming service you use. All That's Jazz is available on every major streaming app including Podbean, Apple Podcast, and Spotify, as well as Facebook and online at allthatsjazz.net.